Hey, we are so thankful that you're taking the time to tune into Grumlaw Church's podcast. It's our hope that this is an encouragement to you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you'd like to find out more about all things Grumlaw or for more info on our in-person gatherings, you can check us out at grumlaw.com. Now lean in. We're expectant for how God is going to use this time to speak to you today. Hey, what's going on, Grumlaw? So stoked to be with you guys today. My name is Joe, and I get to be the Heartland Campus Pastor. Today marks the beginning of the Christmas season. In the church world, that's called Advent, and I'm thrilled to be sharing it with you. Advent is a time of year that the church prepares our soul to welcome in the humble King Jesus. In, in many ways, we, we do this externally by decorating our spaces and, and, and preparing by how we share presents and what we want to encourage you to do in this season as we jump in this new series called Carols is to prepare your soul, the very inside of you, to welcome in the humble King Jesus. If this is your first time joining us online, I am so stoked that you are with us and I'm glad that you're taking the time to be here. I want to encourage you in, in two ways. Uh, the first one is if you're able, would you be willing to come to one of our two physical locations Here's why the church community is so much better when we're in person together and we can experience what God has for us together. And I want to encourage you to do that. But if you're unable to do that, the second encouragement is that you would engage all three of these series, all three of these teachings with us and join us on Christmas Eve. Because here's what I believe. If you're willing to do that, the living God who raised Jesus from the dead will speak to you in a very powerful way, in a unique and special way that I believe you will you'll walk with him differently. Let's start by praying together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for who you are in me. Thank you for who you are to the people who are joining us today, Father. Would you speak afresh to us today? Would you speak to me, Father? Would you allow the meditations of my heart, the thoughts of my mind, and the words of my lips to be found pleasing unto you? Thank you for your son. Thank you for sending him here on earth for us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. We're going to kick off our teaching through the book of Lamentations. Check this out. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Today's teaching is going to be all about what it, what it means to be faithful. Matter of fact, we're jumping off the, the carol, O come all ye faithful. And before you and I can really understand what it means for us to be faithful, we need to understand where it comes from. And right here, what kind of love does God have for us? He has a faithful love for us. It's because he's faithful that you and I are called to be faithful. Matter of fact, you could say it this way, be faithful because God is faithful. When I, when I said the word faithful, what first came to your mind? More than likely, what first came to your mind is a marriage relationship between a man and a woman. That's more than likely what you thought of because that's the most common way it's used. Matter of fact, as I was sharing this message with my wife, she said, Joe, you're going to say the word faithful in this teaching more than we ever use it because most of the time we use the word faithful when it comes to a marriage relationship. But really, there are four working definitions for it for my good friend Webster. Any of you guys ever thought about that guy? Well, this was a show from, I think, a couple of decades ago. I'm not condoning watching it because what I realized is I used to watch a couple of decades ago. I should not watch today. It could be a wholesome show, but I don't know. But anyways, this was Webster, and uh, I'm an old soul, so it's an old soul for an old guy like me. 
There you are. There's Webster. But maybe some of you even thought of what is a Webster dictionary. Well, check that thing out. Before it was in your pockets and in your, like, you could pull it out with your phone whenever. We had to go to, like, a, a, a library shelf and pull that thing out and look up a definition and kind of figure it all out. And for a guy like me preparing messages, I didn't have to type in all the words. But today, we can just Google those. So you guys have it easier. Just you know, I just wanted to share all that with you just so you knew that today's life is a little bit easier. Here's the first definition that we're going to be looking at today. Steadfast in affection or allegiance. For this one here, think of a faithful friend. Your, your BFF, your, your peeps, your homies, your crew, posse, squad, your ride or dies. I call, I call this one here my shovel friends. I, I know you're wondering what a shovel friend is. Well, a shovel friend is in case someone, I have to like, you know, murder someone. A shovel friend is someone I might call and reach out to and say, hey, you got to help me bury someone. Now all of you are like, does my pastor murder people? No, but I wanted to give you that anyways, just for a little, little something today. Here's the next one here. Uh, firm in adherence to the promise or an observance of duty. Think of a faithful employee, a team member, or a coworker. This is probably going to be more likely how you would experience someone that serves in, in the military together is they have a certain camaraderie amongst them. The third one here is the one that you thought of. The one that you thought of more than likely is the one about marriage, given with a strong assurance. Think, again, of a, of a faithful promise, that those marriage vows that are uphold. Because this is from the dictionary, this last one here is the one that you and I are going to spend the most amount of time on here. This really should be the first one. Because like I mentioned, before you and I can really understand what it means to be faithful, we have to see where it comes from. Think God when you read this. True to the facts, to a standard, or to the original. The original is God. Again, think God. We could say this, that our first point is he is faithful. Matter of fact, we could say God is faithful. Let me demonstrate by a reading of some scripture. This is the genealogy of Jesus. Check it out. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amabadad. Amabadad was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Ammon. Ammon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiajin and his brothers born at the time of exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiachin was the father of Sheiltiel. Sheiltiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. 
Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Ikim. Ikim was the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Matin. Matin was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. There's a few names I want to highlight on that very long list, which I'm so thankful I didn't have to read. That is a lot of hard names uh, to read there. So I'm thankful that our really good friend Dee was able to read that for me. Here's a few names I want to highlight for you. Abraham, that very first name you saw on that list was a liar. Homeboy, matter of fact, uh, twice God told dudes that his wife wasn't his wife because he was afraid of what they might do to him. Jacob, a deceiver. Not only did he steal the birthrights from his brother, he even deceived another guy for some sheep and cattle. Rahab, one of the names on there, a prostitute. Ruth wasn't even an Israelite. There's other people on that list also that joined uh, Ruth not being Israelites. David, this is David. This is the guy we're going to actually talk about him later uh, in a little bit. David, God calls a man after my own heart, was an adulterer and a murderer. Here's why I bring up that list. Because God, because of God's faithfulness, God used these people to, to birth his son a bunch of years later. God used their story because of God's faithfulness, not theirs. Through generation, God has been faithful throughout history. His fingerprint of faithfulness is everywhere. Do you feel what I'm saying? Let me, let me bring it down maybe to a level that you might remember. How about, how about the crazy girl that you kept hoping would say yes, but God kept shutting that door? Or how about the jock or the muscle-bound dude that you wanted to ask you out, but he kept ignoring you? And later on, you find out that he had all kinds of issues and had all kinds of trauma, and he wasn't very kind to people at all? How about the fast car you wanted, the business deal, the travel opportunities, the doors he shut, the doors he opened, the person that, that you waited for, the physical healing, the therapist, the overdose that didn't kill you, the cop who gave you a DUI, the grandma that kept praying for you, my mother who would discipline me because I needed it, my friend Pete who calls me on the mat when I aren't paying attention to anything, my wife, Angie, who champions and prays for me, all of these and so much more are in the realest sense, the fingerprints of God's faithfulness on our lives. Through the Bible in our lives, we can see God's faithfulness being defined as not leaving us, comforting us, helping and guiding us, standing by our side, standing beneath us, standing around us. By, he's literally girding us up because of who he is, not because of who you and I are. Here's how the psalmist puts it. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Whose faithfulness? God's faithfulness. John has a vision uh, in the book of Revelation, and his vision is about what it will look like when Jesus uh, arrives back on the scene from heaven. Here's how he says it. Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful, and true, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. The writer is Jesus. And what was his name? Faithful. Let's go back to that definition one more time. True to the facts, to a standard, to the original. 
God is the standard that you and I should measure faithfulness against. He is the fact to measure our feelings against. He is the real deal, the original. In the very beginning of creation, a word is used by God when, when he created us. The word is imago Dei, made in God's image. Here's, here's the actual verse in the book of Genesis. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. You see, you and I, we bear God's image in the genuine sense. We're image bearers of God. That is why we find ourselves lost when we conflict uh, with God and are not following him, uh, his design for us. The, the series we just finished, Controversial Jesus, showed us that in our culture, we're consistently fighting how God designed us. And then we're like, where's God in all of this? And we're like, well, he's not in that because that wasn't part of his design. When we do it God's way, all of a sudden we see how we were made. Let, let, me, let me help you out here. I have two $20 bills here today with me. I, I want to help you out here. Th this very first one here, this $20 here, uh, this is uh, true to the original. There is a press that's made with templates, and these are special paper that is used to make the $20. Because this is true to the original, uh, we can use it. And we can spend it and we can, we can buy resources that we need because of how true it is to the original. There's another one that is a bit of an original. This is a copy of this. It's a copy. If you go into Kroger's and try to use this, they're going to look at you a little bit strange. They're going to wonder what's wrong with you because it's not close to the original. It's not being used as it's intended. You and I were made for an intended purpose. You and I are made that once you and I receive the Spirit of God, we receive it, we're meant to, to display it a certain way in our lives. Here is how Paul, talking to the early church, puts it in the book of Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, because we have his spirit, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. During Paul's teaching in the early church, what he was saying is, because you and I are Christ followers, because you and I follow the living God, then you and I should have characteristics that match the living God. God. And one of those characteristics is faithfulness and how it's lived out in our lives. When the $20 bill is used properly, it, you can buy things with it. When it's used not properly, like Monopoly, you can buy Boardwalk with it, but you can't really use it in the real world. It can only be used in a game. We are people that respond to what God is doing in us. The response is marked by a changed life, a life that produces fruit that others can see. We serve a Jesus that went first. He left his throne in heaven, humbled himself down to flesh and bones, allowed himself to experience pain and joy, smiles and tears, because his creation, you and I, sinned. We broke away from the perfect plan God had for, for us. And because of that, all creation will continue to be drawn to sin as their default search engine. The father made a new plan. His plan was to, 
to send Jesus here on earth, who would start a movement that is still being lived out today called the local church. That throughout the globe, his message is being preached. And Jesus, because of his faithfulness to the Father, allowed himself to be accused for us, beaten for us, killed for us. But again, because of the faithfulness to the Father and the faithfulness to you and I, he didn't stay there. He conquered sin and death, and he rose again so that you and I could have life with him and learn to be faithful people ourselves. Which brings me to my second point today. God is faithful, so be faithful. Allow his characteristics to be what indwells inside of you. Allow him to transform who you are in the very truest sense. Here is how the writer of Hebrews puts it. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And you and I can hold firm to that. Let me share all of my teaching today, everything I've shared with you. Let me just share with you in a story. I want to introduce you to a guy named Dale. Dale was uh, the guy who like, taught me the most amount of construction that I ever, ever even could imagine what he taught me. What, what was really unique about Dale is Dale was a, uh, early on in his life, was a drug dealer. He dealt so much drugs that he was on the FBI most wanted list for a long time. He, he, he led a life that uh, some of us would really be like, wow, there's a lot of evil involved there. But one day, the faithfulness of God caught up to Dale. And Dale had this amazing encounter with the living God. And because of this encounter with the living God, he decided to like restore everything he could here on earth. And through that process, he launched a carpentry company that God gave him so much, so much blessings through that the list I couldn't even start with. But what, one of the things Dale realized was early on is he serves a faithful God. And literally he would tell his employees when he hired us, he would say, hey, I'm going to be faithful to you because of how God's been faithful to me. And he would do this. Matter of fact, almost every one of us, if not all of us, drove a company truck. The company truck we drove actually fit our situations. Matter of fact, I drove a truck that had five seats in it because I also ran a youth group at the time. And Dale knew that I needed to put kids in the car to get them to different youth events. So Dale really would provide in amazing ways for his employees. Mike was one of his master carpenters. Mike was so talented. This guy in chisels were like, I can't, you know, like, like, like a hamburger and hamburger bun. It belonged together. Mike was incredible. But one day, Mike's on his job, and he, as he's leaving the jobs, uh, one of his legs goes one direction, the other goes another direction, a lot like a wishbone did on Turkey on, on, on Thanksgiving. And when that happened, Mike ended up being out of work for about a year and a half, surgeries and rehab and a lot of physical therapy. Through that process, as you can imagine, workers' comp paid a certain amount, insurance paid a certain amount, and Mike was left with a mountain of debt at the end of it. As he was coming out of all of that season, him and his wife looked at all this debt that was left, and they didn't know what to do with it. So they went and met with some lawyers and asked them for some help. And the lawyers said, absolutely, you are entitled to a settlement. But they said, the problem is you have to sue everyone involved. You literally have to sue your boss, Dale, the contractor's job site, the homeowner, workers' comp, and insurance, and you will be able to get righteous financially at the end of that. Well, Mike didn't mind suing all those other people, but when they mentioned the word Dale, he really struggled with that. So he left and immediately called Dale and said, hey man, this is what's happening. What should I do? 
But again, Dale serves a faithful God. So Dale says to Mike, Mike, you do what you have to do. I believe God will take care of my family and me. You literally do what you have to do. Well, that alone was enough to convict Mike. Mike felt like he should not sue. Mike came back to work trying to figure out his debt and trying to process that. Through the couple of months later, we were able to finish some jobs and, and, and wrap them up. And some of them were, were fairly profitable for the company. One day, Dale walks in to our job site and sees Mike, pulls him aside. And I could see from the corner of my eye, looking over there, I could see that he handed Mike an envelope. And I could see Mike start and cry. And what Dale did was take the profits from the company and give them to, to Mike to make his finances righteous in that season. That probably wasn't the wisest move for Dale to do for the company. But it was the wisest move for Dale to make serving a faithful God, being faithful to his employees as God asked him to be. You see, God's faithfulness to us causes a response of faithfulness to him, which we demonstrate in worshiping him. Here's, here's what it, it says in Hebrews. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Dale wasn't shaken because he serves a mighty, mighty God. And because of that, Dale can say, God is faithful to him. He wanted to be faithful to the people around him. And in that, he worshiped God. Remember King David we talked about a little bit ago, the dude that slept with another man's wife and then kills that dude so that uh, he won't be found out. Remember that guy? He responded after being confronted by seeking God like never before, turning back to him and worshiping him. Matter of fact, some of his last words we have in the Bible because of, of, of what God's done in his life. Dale met Jesus. Because of Jesus, his faithfulness, Dale responds in faithfulness. And it led to worship. It led to worship of people around him. And sometimes when we think of the word worship, we think it means it's for like the spiritual elite, like the people that are like, like really, really special. That God must be doing something really unique and crazy in, in their wor world. God wants us to worship him like Lions fans who've been prayers that have been, who their prayers have been answered. I mean, check out this photo right here of these Lions fans. I mean, these guys are like, like nutso for Lions. And here's why. They love the Lions so much that they want to show the Lions in every way possible. Uh, this past Thanksgiving, I was at the Lions game. I was invited. And like I've told you before, like I, I will go to a game when I'm invited. So I'm at this game and I'm stoked to be there. But these Lions fans were rooting the entire time. The decibels in the, auto, in, in the stadium were so loud that my ears literally hurt. Could you imagine if you and I served Jesus that same way? I mean, I mean, think about this. Think about this. The Lions could win this year. I mean, they got a good chance, right? Like they could win. But think of it this way. If the Lions win, this cat right here, his life won't be any different. Sure, he may have some bragging rights. How about these people? Their lives won't be much different if the Lions win. But you and I literally serve a real God, a real God who rescued us from the grips of hell. He redeemed us. He restored us to a right relationship with him. We get to be faithful to him and in response, worship the God of the universe that is so worthy. God is faithful. So be faithful and worship him. Friends, I don't know what worship looks like for you. For some of you, 
it may be that you need to learn more about this Jesus and what he's done for you. For some of you, it's surrendering your lives fully to his lordship over your lives. What I want to encourage you to do in this Advent season as we prepare for our humble king is literally to worship him with all of your heart.